This week, we'll talk to Mike Schroeder of Mortgage Architects about the differences of an open and a locked-in mortgage. We'll take a look at a really unique local business and a few more surprises, all in the next 15 minutes. You're listening to the Bone Knows Real Estate Podcast. Tips and advice for home buyers, sellers, and owners with award-winning REMAX agent, Bo Kaufman. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Winnipeg Real Estate Podcast. It's October 22nd, and we're going to start with some Canadian real estate news. And I found a really interesting article on CanadianMortgageTrends.com, which uh, indicates that the pandemic is motivating young Canadians more than ever to buy a house. There's a really interesting quote there from the the head of the Real Estate Secured Lending Division of uh, Scotia Mortgage. And the quote goes, the pandemic has caused many Canadians to turn their living rooms into classrooms, their dining rooms into offices, and their basements into home gyms. So, and this is motivating many to consider investing more of their current money into homes and uh, upgrading them and, and you know, expanding their use. Add to that the lower interest rates, uh, actually they're down nearly a percent over a year ago, and that can save the average home buyer around $13,000 over a five-year mortgage period. And I've got the link to that article in the show notes below. And that previous information takes us nicely into uh, local real estate news, uh, because we can see how that's happening and how that's affecting our market. Um, buyer activity is virtually the same as last year. Maybe it's even up a little bit, but the number of available listings is way down. Last year at this time, we had 1,775 houses for sale available in Winnipeg. This morning, we have only 1,070. That's 700 fewer homes available at a time when buyers are looking for those homes. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I listed a house in St. James and the owner legitimately, and it's a perfectly valid question, said, is it still a good time to sell because we're getting into the fall? Usually October, November, things start to kind of slow down a little bit. And uh, I said, yeah, it it still is a good time. And as it turns out, we got uh, seven offers for that house and it sold for many, many thousands of dollars above asking. So if you are looking to sell, you, you you could wait till spring. A lot of people wait till spring. Spring is traditionally the hot part of the market. Um, but there's certainly nothing wrong right now. It's a super, super active, super hot market, especially in the two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar price range. Uh, Five hundred and six hundred thousand dollars houses are still selling. They do take a little bit longer, but the bidding wars are happening in the two fifty, three hundred to three fifty range for sure. So if you've got that kind of a house, give me a shout. I'd love to uh, discuss your options with you, whether you sell now or in the spring. Uh, if, if you want to wait till spring, at least I can give you a list of things that you can do to prepare for the spring market. And this week on the blog, I've got a neat article on how to add value to your home with a room-by-room guide for most of the major rooms in your house. This is a time when people, instead of going on holidays, are spending some uh, money, time, and effort on improving and fixing their houses, renovating them. Uh, so this article is very timely. The, the link is in the show notes below, and I think you'll find it interesting. Up next, we'll tackle the subject of locked-in mortgages versus open mortgages. If you're buying your first house or your next house or renewing your mortgage, 
Should you lock it in at this point or should you uh, leave it open? Either alternative has some advantages and disadvantages, and we're going to call Mortgage Mike. That's Mike Schroeder from Mortgage Architects to discuss and, and get his take on this. We'll be right back after this short announcement. Would you like to keep up with current real estate tips, news, and advice for home buyers and sellers? Why not download my free podcast app available for iOS and Android devices? It's super easy. Just go to bonos.homes slash apps. That's bonos.homes slash A-P-P-S. That way you'll never miss an episode. All right, let's talk about whether we should lock in our mortgages or leave them open. And I'll, I'll admit I've always been fairly conservative and I've always been worried about interest rates going up. Uh, I bought my first house, mind you, in 1981 when interest rates generally were 18%. And I was lucky enough that I had a, I bought a brand new house and it was Kensington Homes. And back then they subsidized the rate and I only had to pay 14%. So I was a little worried about rates spiking even higher and, uh, you know, rates going so high that I can't afford a house anymore. So I'd always lock them in. But turns out that might not have been the best strategy, especially these days. So let's, uh, let's call Mike and get his take on this. Good afternoon. Hey, Mike, it's Bo Kaufman calling. Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good, good, excellent. Listen, we're talking about uh, fixed rate or open mortgages, and I was just finished saying that um, I had always opted for the fixed, like the locked-in rate for five years, just because in the past, I bought my first house in the 80s, and uh, interest rates mm -hmm. were really volatile. So I had gotten a sense of security, but I understand that there's a, a, a different take on this. Correct. So there's a big concern that often comes up that banks simply don't do a good job addressing, and that is the cost to break the mortgage. So let me illustrate with a perfect example. There's a, a realtor in Toronto. Um, she had to sell her home less than two years into a five-year fixed rate mortgage. On a mortgage of $550,000, she had to pay a $30,000 penalty to wow. break that mortgage because she was in a five-year fixed rate. Right. Okay. So you got to be careful if you if you lock it in, what the penalties are for trying to get out early. Correct. And the worst part about it is, is that TD, the, the lender that she's actually with, even has a competitive product. They actually have a five-year variable product where if the interest rates go up, your payment actually doesn't change. Instead, a little bit more, less of the payment goes towards principal, a little bit more goes towards interest, but your payment stays fixed for the five-year term. And if she would have taken that product, her penalty would have been $3,000. Okay. All right. So historically, which which saves you more money? Well, the numbers we have for most lenders is that about 65% of people end up breaking their mortgage partially away through the term. So if you think that 65% of people are going to trigger a penalty, that penalty difference more than offsets anything you would have saved uh, in trying to get the lowest rate. That penalty can significantly define what you can and can't do. Um, now, if having a fixed rate, having if, if you don't like any any instability at all in your rate, then don't take a five-year fixed rate. Take a two- or three-year fixed rate. Lock it in for a shorter term. That way, if something in your life does change in that two- or three-year time frame, you can still sell your house and not trigger a, a massive penalty. Traditionally, which are lower, the open rates or the fixed rates? 
So in most circumstances, the variable rates are lower than the fixed at about 90% of the circumstances. Right now, the variable rates are just a little bit lower than the fixed, maybe 0.1 to 0.2 difference. So it's not a significant difference. Um, it's just remembering that you're not going to save much money uh, on the monthly basis. Where you're going to save the money is if and when you have to break that mortgage. Right. And that that's the thing is people buy a house and the national average is five and a half to six years in the same house, but things do come up. So you got job transfers, you, you know, your, your family suddenly grows or you get, you know, transferred out of province or anything like that. So what you're saying is, uh, better be careful that, uh, you know, if there is a change coming up, if it triggers that penalty, uh, if you're locked in, that's going to be significant cost. Correct, or maybe not even this. I move into a different house. I've seen situations where also a client has to put in twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars into repairing work on their foundation. They have the equity in their home. They'd like to refinance their home, and I've actually had some lenders tell their clients, "Nope, you signed a mortgage product that does not allow you to break your mortgage unless you're selling the house. You cannot refinance it to do renovation work on it." Putting the client in a significant bind, where now instead of borrowing it up mortgage rates, they may have to go get a loan or a line of credit at significantly higher rates cost them more money and interest, all because they chose a restrictive mortgage product. Wow. So even if they stay obviously obviously stay with the same bank, they can't reopen it up to get equity out of the house to fix their foundation. With certain mortgage products, yes. And that's why it's not about wow. who has the lowest rate. It's about putting you with the mortgage product that's going to save you the most money over that term. Right. Excellent. Well that's good information. Thanks uh thanks a lot, Mike. No problem. Call anytime. Okay, take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Mike Schroeder of Mortgage Architects, and he was uh, kind enough to send along an accompanying article from CBC News uh, outlining the case that he talked about, the uh, Toronto real estate agent who had to sell her house due to the pandemic and uh, triggered a $30,000 bank penalty. Now, as I said, you may be getting into a house or renewing your mortgage with every intention of staying there for five years or whatever the locked-in term uh, length will be, but things do come up. Uh, Like I said, job transfers or, uh, as Mike pointed out, if you have a significant uh, requirement, a need to refinance for whatever reason, whether it's to fix the foundation or to help somebody out, um, you know, financially to help out a family member and you want to refinance that house, just make sure you check the fine print uh, that allows you to get out of that mortgage to refinance without paying significant penalties. That $30,000 example, that's not the, not the first and not the only time I've ever heard uh, that size of penalty being triggered. So uh, be careful what you go into. Uh, don't always just look for the lowest rates. Make sure the mortgage product fits your needs now and into the near future. And today's spotlight on a local business. I want to talk to you about one of the most unique businesses you'll ever likely to find. It's the brainchild of an entrepreneur named Brian Ross. Innovation Fabrication. They're a metal fabricator and they turn old shipping containers into just about anything you can think of. Now, the first time uh, Brian and Innovation Fabrication came to my attention was under the name of Box Pools. That's one of the things that they do is they turn shipping containers into swimming pools. They can be above ground, in ground. They can be 20 foot long, 40 or even 60. A couple of the really neat aspects of this is if you have a tight backyard where um, a like a backhoe or a, a digger can't get in, you can actually lift this thing over your house with a with a crane and they can be an above ground or they can dig a hole and and go in ground 
if it's above ground, the pool can have a, a window. It can have, uh, you know, a TV. It can, you can even turn a pool into a hot tub with a remote control on your phone. So when you're on your way home, uh, you just turn up the heat. And by the time you get there, it's nice and warm for you. But they do so much more than just pools. They also turn shipping containers into pop-up kitchens, into restaurants, into garages, uh, man caves and she sheds, and lately even medical labs and testing sites. So I'm planning to have Brian on an upcoming episode and tell us more about his product. And there's a link to his website in the show notes below. And now for something completely different. Those people that know me know that I'm a comfort food guy. Steak and potatoes, pasta, pizza, I mean, you name it. It's got to have meat, though. So to quote somebody saying, I don't always eat soup, but when I do, my wife found a great recipe for uh, a soup that online. That's a meatball, tomato, and pepper soup. And I've got the link uh, to that recipe in the show notes as well. It's thick, hearty, and has a real kick to it. And you can use beef or turkey. So again, there's a link in the show notes. I hope you enjoy. I do hope you've enjoyed the show and I hope you come back next week for more local and national news and updates on real estate and uh, tips on renovations and improving your home. Till then, bye-bye. Real stories of selling a home with Bo Goffman. He just really gave us the confidence and I just felt like he was someone I met next door, like, you know, my uncle or something. I think he set a good price point right off the bat to get some interest in the condo. I don't know, it was just a breeze with him. He had the right personality for us. It worked out good. We ended up selling it like within a couple of weeks. What do you look for in a real estate agent? He's very easy to get along with. He makes you feel comfortable because of his personality. Find it in Bo Kaufman. Bo's uh, very professional to deal with. He knows the market. We were quite happy. Visit Bo at winnipeghomefinder.com. You've been listening to Bo Kaufman of Remax Performance Realty. Are you thinking of buying or selling a house or a condo in Winnipeg? Call Bo at 204-333-2202. Remember, Bo knows real estate.